Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. We've done all the books. And now we're diving into the TV show. Join us every Tuesday for a new mission. And don't worry, we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Maybe. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. Can I tell you something fucking insane about the books versus the TV show? Yeah. (laughs) So I, this is a phrase you'll never hear me say again. I did some research. (gasps) I know. I guess. (laughs) I'm shocked too. So I was like, what book came out when this TV show came out? So this TV show came out September of 1998 is when it went live on air. Children were watching it. This was the same month that the third David book was published and came oh. out to these children. Oh. So they're going from this TV show and this episode to oh. the third installment of the David arc. Holy shit. Right? Wow. Isn't that insane to think about? That's so crazy. Yeah. Such a difference. Such a difference. Like, can you imagine, like, if you were actively keeping up with both at the time as a child? And I I don't think I was keeping up with the TV show at this point at all. And, like, just watching, like, these episodes coming out and then reading through and, like, hating David so much and then watching, like, The Leader Part (laughs) 2. Oh, my God. If you... We're watching this TV show and reading the books at the same time and had this experience. Please email me, anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com. Yeah. Oh, man. This is crazy. And I want to hear from you what that was like. <laughs> I'm kind of ashamed for the TV show to even have the title of Animorphs sometimes. Like, I'm ashamed that this is an adaptation. It's just, it's like nothing. I mean, it. I won't say it's nothing like the books. Like, there's some comparisons, but, like, tone-wise, it's, like, not even close. Yeah, it's not even in the same league. No, it's not. Fucking David. Fucking David, man. So I know Eric appears in the TV show, but I'm assuming David does not. Because I'm pretty sure the show probably gets canceled before that. I think it peters out before... Uh-huh. They had a chance to add David in. Yeah. Oh. And, like, I, I realized, too, that, like, that's just the experience of, like, when the TV show and the books came out. When they were filming the TV show was much earlier than when the books were coming out. Like, I understand yeah. that that's a whole thing that I'm not taking into account when I'm saying this. But, mm-hmm. yeah, just the experience for the fans had to be insane. Sometimes I do forget, though, that there were only some of the books out when the TV show started airing. Yeah, yeah. That's what was, like, I I don't know why, but I kind of, I was thinking for some reason, like, maybe this is, like, part of the oatmeal book almost, which I know was later. But then I was like, no, this is entirely, like, it was, like, book 10, right? Because it would be the alien and then the immediate aftermath of the alien, which is, like, after they destroyed the the eggs tower 
So it's like book 10 and 11 that we're like talking. Well, 5, 10, and 11 with Marco's mom was 5. And then 10 was Eric. 10 was Eric, which Eric wasn't introduced, but that was the book where they destroyed the Eggs Tower. Right? They just, uh, they stole like a, no. the Oh, it was the Pemelite Crystal, right? The Pemelite Crystal. The yeah, Pemelite yeah, yeah, crystal. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, okay. I feel like it was. But like, didn't they destroy the tower in that book as well? And that's, that was part of it. They broke, they turned into bats. They broke into a place. Stole a crystal. Stole the crystal. And then they got murdered. And then Eric murdered all of the troops. Yeah. I feel like it was like a Rachel book or something. It was, the, that was a Rachel book. No, the... no, no. Okay. No, no, no. I think it, I think it was book seven. They destroyed the the Kindron and the Eggs Tower because in book eight, that's when Jake's like, oh, you, all the Yerks are suffering. And that's when Axe was like withholding the information. And then Jake found out that Axe was withholding information and they had that fight on the playground. Okay. So we're in book like seven and eight right now. Yeah. I think Slash so. five. Yeah. Oh my God. Whoa. <laughs> it's just, it's so hard. And like, in my mind, I was like, also, I think it was because the the open of this episode primed me for thinking of like food related yerk issues, and so I immediately mm-hmm. was like oatmeal, and then I'm like, that has nothing to do with this at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this whole thing just like free- I was like trying to parse apart like what this was, and I was like, yeah, I kind of remember all of these plots, but like I I don't remember far enough back to be able to like pull them apart into the books that they were from properly. Yeah, it's like the first three or so episodes, they were actually trying to somewhat follow the books. Yeah. And then they were kind of just like, yeah, fuck it. And then they started taking bits and pieces from various books. Yeah, which, I don't... which is fine. But like the other thing about this episode is they get really fucky with the timeline. Yeah, they do. Which never made sense. Okay, so like the the Yerks are starting to suffer the Candrona shortages. And they mention it's been weeks since they destroyed the Candrona. But they don't... Yeah. But there wasn't really any reason for it to be that far away. Like, it would have made more sense if this had been a couple days after they destroyed the Candrona. Right. But instead, they just decided to, like, overly complicate the plot. I don't know. By saying, like, oh, there was another Candrona that, like, failed and broke. I don't know. Um, yeah, okay, so that was confusing to me. The other thing that was really confusing to me, what was Visor 3 holding in his hand that he crushed in the hologram conversation? His stress ball? Yeah, I was like, what, <laughs> what is this? Like, did I miss, I was like watching it, but I'm like, did they tell me what this was and I missed it? It's, like, it's, it's Yerk Cola. I guess. <laughs> it was an empty can of Yerk Cola <laughs> Because, oh like, God. like the Foley they were using was, like, clearly, like, crushing a pop can. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Oh, my God. I just... And it kind of looked like a pop can with just, like, a wire glued to it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that was supposed to be. Some weird piece of alien technology. They couldn't find their plasma balls, so they had to get this shit. <laughs> I wish he had been... I wish he, like, burst a plasma ball in his hands and just, like, glass Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. oh, that would have been amazing. I don't know if they were glass or plastic. They are probably plastic. I don't remember. I think it depends, like, on what like, you get. 
the you get the fancy plasma balls that are glass. Right. Right. But if you get like the Spencer's plasma ball, yeah, it's that's plastic. cheap. Yep. Weird episode. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I liked it or not, so I'm hoping we'll figure that out along the way. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll start telling everybody about it. Okay, great. Sorry, let me let me hydrate. No, it's it's okay. I understand that you have to really recover her after I told you that in one world of Animorphs we're reading about the destruction <laughs> of Rachel's innocence and oh, no. having to face murder of children and in this world we're watching a man eat a cricket in front of a classroom. <laughs> These two comparable things. Yeah, these are all the same franchise, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> oh, God have mercy on us. All right, this is episode number, and it's called The Release. Um, so we open on the, on a spread of camping equipment, and Mr. Perkins, who is the kindly science teacher that complimented Axe Jake on his maths in an earlier episode... Um, is talking to his class about surviving in the wild. And Jake interrupts and he's like, don't you mean camping? <laughs> and Mr. Perkins is kind of like, oh, Jake. And then he goes on with his lecture and he's like, okay, but what happens when you don't have all your cooling, cool camping shit and it's just you and nature? How do you survive? And Marco interrupts and says, I just order a pizza on my cell phone. <laughs> and Mr. Perkins, Mr. Perkins replies, you're lucky I like you, Marco. This poor fucking guy. He's just trying to talk and everyone's being smart ass. Yeah, but then like, I totally get it in a few seconds. Like, I totally get why he's the teacher that they all like, but feel very comfortable mocking to his face. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, God. Um, there's also a small exchange that I loved between Jake and Marco where they're talking about pizza. Yes! Oh! Jake goes in like, hey, man, what are you ordering, though? Like, thin crust, deep dish? And at the exact same time, they share a knowing look and are like, hand toss. Oh, my God. I loved it so much. It was beautiful. (laughs) This show really excels in writing banter and nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Fuck all else. Oh, my God. But the banter, top fucking notch. The banter's (laughs) usually always good. Especially between the boys. Sometimes between the girls, it can be a little... Yeah, that's true. Rough. That's true. I don't know. Again, maybe Marco's just kind of the easiest person to write. I don't know. Who can Did we talk about that in private or on air? Uh, Good question. (laughs) I don't remember. I don't remember either. Oofa doofa. I think that was last episode where we talked about that. It must have been. Because I feel like we don't usually talk a ton about Animorphs when we're not recording. Right, because then we'd think that we had recorded it and we'd refer back to it and then people would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? And Oh my god. And also because we have like lives and a friendship beyond this podcast that we want to, <laughs> to grow. But also... <laughs> we have designated Animorphs talk time. That's right. <sighs> oh, goodness. Fuck. <laughs> anyway, uh, Mr. Perkins goes on with his lecture. It's all quite boring. And then he pulls out a large glass container full of crickets. Yes, he does. <gasps> and it's a really big jar too. It's like, it's like it's at least str- it's like it's like a fucking keg, <laughs> like full of crickets. 
Yeah, it's definitely like a jar for storing a large amount of gelatin in. <laughs> this is my gelatin jar. I keep my prized gelatin. Have... <laughs> my prized gelatin. I want a prize at the state fair for this gelatin. That's right. It's the largest gelatin anyone's ever grown in their garden. <laughs> is this tub here gelatin? I'd tell you how many horse hooves was in it, but I lost count. <laughs> oh, sad. <laughs> Oh, um, I forgot what I was saying. Just like imagine what you could possibly need that much gelatin. Oh my God, man. Um, yeah. So you could put gelatin in there, but there's crickets instead. (laughs) (laughs) He pulls one out of the jar and he's like, these are the most common in North America and they're extremely nutritious. And there's a pause, a, a shot of the class staring blankly, and then he fucking eats the cricket. What a power he move. He fakes it. He fucking fakes it. Well, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. But, you know, in the context of I the mean, show, he is eating yeah. it. But yeah, like, he obviously, like, oh, you know, yeah. just mimes it. This, like, okay, in my head, I was immediately taken back to high school where, like, there was the one teacher that always did the thing every year that shocked us. I swear to God, we had a teacher that ate crickets at our <gasps> high school. Oh, fun. Like, I truly, I don't think this is a fever dream that I'm having. I think we had a science teacher that would do it every year, and that became his famous thing. And, like, so then, like, you'd be like, oh, you're in so-and-so's class? Oh, he eats a cricket. Like, every year <laughs> when you start, like, Whoa, the... spoilers. Right. It's like, well, the kids all talk about it, right? So it, like, becomes a thing that the teacher does, like, the wacky teacher does this every year. Like, we also had a teacher that had a brick that would drop a brick on your desk if you fell asleep in his class. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah, like, you know, the thing. Like, some teachers have a thing, and then you hear about it. And I feel like this was this guy's thing. Like, you'd be like, oh, you got, what's, what's his name again? Mr. Mr. Perkins. Mr. Perkins. You and Mr. Perkins? Did you remember that? Because Ann Perkins? Because this is all I'm going to be able to Ann Perkins? And Perkins. Um, yeah, like, it, it's like, they're like, oh, you have Mr. Perkins for biology? Oh, he's going to eat a cricket. Just you wait. First day of class, he's going to eat a cricket in front of you. And then, like, everybody's waiting for the cricket eating. <laughs> the moment of truth. He's going to do it. Yeah. Oh, we also had a chemistry teacher that, for Halloween, put on a, a chemistry show. Halloween-related <gasps> chemistry show. Fun! Yeah, and, like, the big finale was, like, he would do, like, the thing where you do, like, the bloody handprint on the board, because you'd put the paper on the board, and he'd put the chemical on his hand that would cause it to, like, turn red when he slapped it. And blah. Mm. So he would do all sorts of shit, but the big, the big thing at the end was he'd get a pumpkin, and he'd fill it with, like, I'm sure it was just sawdust, and, like, had a hose, and he'd light the candle in front of it, and then blow it out, and then, like, the, because, you know, you're spreading out the surface area of the flammable substance, it would be the giant fireball out of the pumpkin's mouth. Oh, cool! Yeah, so, like, we had those things where, like, they'd be like, oh, you have so-and-so, they're gonna do this wacky thing, and I feel like this guy was in that category. Man, I didn't have any of that cool shit, I don't think. What?! I don't you think... didn't have like a psycho teacher that would do some wacky shit. I don't think so. I mean, I had some quirky teachers for sure, but but you didn't have like a famous for doing this shit teacher. I don't think so. Maybe I was just like really in tune to the gossip. 
Maybe. I don't know. Maybe you just went to a cooler school than me. I feel like maybe there's just more teachers. Because, like, we had, like, two campuses. Like, we were a huge fucking school. So yeah. We had a lot of teachers. So I feel like there was definitely... There was a lot going on. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have any cool teacher stories to contribute. Oh, man. I mean, uh, let's let's be honest. They were not cool. They were nerds. <laughs> I mean, you know. Oh, shit. I still, my favorite to this day was this, uh, the teacher that got me into working at the rehab clinic. To this day, my favorite thing he ever fucking did. He, he, he was famous around the school for telling people he's only ever cried at one movie and it was Blazing Saddles. What? Because <laughs> he laughed so hard he cried. Oh, I got it. I got it. He was the same guy that uh, we went, we were doing that uh, river cleanup slash like some sort of experiment thing. And like, he was very good at like knowing who like the students that he could kind of like joke with was and who who wasn't. And so he was helping all these people cross this like river because he had big waders on and you had to like cross on a tree branch. So he was like helping them like balance and like go across and I was the last one to go, and I got halfway across, and he just pulled me into the water. And I, like, <laughs> fucking slammed down, and I was like, Wah, blah, blah. Oh, no. <laughs> I was soaking fucking wet, and then he just laughed and walked away. Wow. I was like, I like you, dude. You're cool. <laughs> You're pretty chill. You're pretty chill. He was a cool dude, so. Nice. It was fine. Shout out to Alex's teacher. Yep, I would name him, but I won't. <laughs> I just would, in case. I would, but I won't. He got, my brother went through his class 10 years later, of course, because we're 10 years apart. So it was a decade later, but uh, my youngest brother went through his class and he was like, are you related to Alex? And he's like, yeah, it's my older sister. And he goes, ah, well, hopefully you're just as cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's nice. So I told, I told my younger brother, too. I was like, don't fuck up in his class. I have a reputation to uphold. (laughs) I databased all of those mollusks on my own. And if oh, you besmirch my good mollusk name. Yeah, that was for him. Damn. Yeah, I did a lot of work for him. You're a cool dude. I will work very hard for you. Nice. Yeah. If you're a dick, I will do nothing in your class and I will make terrible jokes and you will send me to the principal's office because I may or may not threaten your life in some way. Whoa. That also happened with a math teacher. Ooh. It was just, it wasn't even a real death threat, okay? So what happened (laughs) was, it was just a stupid one-liner that I was just agitated. He was asking me about math. I don't know much about math. I'm very bad at math. Actually, I'm very good at math, but nobody's ever taught me properly because I had no mind to pay attention and nobody gave a shit about me. So anyways, the point being, he came up to me and said, you shouldn't even be in this class. You should be in remedial math. How did you get in here? And I said, I'd tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. And he said, you may go talk to somebody that is higher up than me. Hooray. The answer was, you just fucking sign up for a regular math class. Nobody double checks that shit. Yeah. You don't. They'll be like, you have to sign for remedial math. And you can say, like, hell I do. You can sign up for regular math. And you know what? They won't catch it till three months into that class. So that's that's how to get around the system, kids. Hooray! For all you children in high school listening. Yeah, you, this, you shouldn't this be listening. This is it. This. Go home. Go home. Go find, smoke a joint. Go find... <laughs> <laughs> go smoke a joint and play Fortnite. 
<laughs> go floss. Go dab. <laughs> go fucking dab. Go make a TikTok. <laughs> Vine is dead. Go make a TikTok, you motherfucking teens. Go have a skateboard. <laughs> do an ollie. Go do a Star War. <laughs> Now we're berating <laughs> teens on this podcast. <laughs> Go to a protest. <laughs> Sign up to vote. <laughs> oh, God. God, do some community service, you fucking delinquents. Yeah. Get a summer job. Go work at a goddamn animal <laughs> rehab center. They need volunteers that don't need a lot of money to work there. So, listen, teens, you want to do something cool? Go work at a bird rehab center, <laughs> mammal rehab center. I don't give a shit. Go volunteer. Oh, wow. <sighs> you'll sound really cool when you're older. I promise. Yeah. You'll get beat up now, but you'll sound really awesome when you're older. And in the Department of Environments and Birds. Sure. Yeah. All those. Yeah. All those. That's a thing, right? Mm, you know. I guess that's be. Parks and Recreation. No, there's, there's, like, departments of natural resources that are... Department of birds. De- department of birds. Well, this is all sound advice we've given, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's what happens when Mr. Perkins eats a cricket. That's the kind of shit that we talk about. That's right. He sent us on a high school spiral where, like, we just... I mean, I at least reverted to my high school self where I have no idea what's right or wrong or good or bad and just said shit. Hooray! Yay. Yay. So, he eats the cricket. Everybody goes, ew! And one boy even clutches his mouth and runs out of the room, which I thought was pretty great. Um, Yep. Everyone seems horrified, but Marco is grinning and laughing like a gleeful child. Uh, Rachel turns to him and she looks pissed and Marco's like what that was awesome Um, the bell rings everybody starts to leave and Rachel whispers to Marco that that cricket could have been one of them yeah but like how likely is that you're all sitting there in class (laughs) it could have been thought speak like it's just not likely and you know what that never comes back at any point during the episode either yeah I mean I was reading it as, like, Rachel is starting to garner some empathy or, like, I don't know. Like, Oh, no. So what just happened was Rachel learned and had a moment and, like, progressed as a person and I was stuck in, like, yeah, who gives a fuck? It's just a cricket mode. Oh, no. Oh, no. I've learned nothing. Oh. Sorry. Oh, I'm no. I'm a bad person. No, you're I'm not. Sorry. That's just my interpretation. <sighs> I think you're right, though, and I think I did a bad thing. But, like, she also wasn't like, oh, that poor cricket. It was a living creature, which would have been, like, a Cassie move. But right. Cassie she wasn't was like in that, that class. No, she wasn't. She didn't She didn't get the cool science teacher. Yeah. I wonder what that teacher does on Halloween. <laughs> Eat scorpions. Eat spiders. Oh. He probably does eat shit. He's like, he's the teacher that eats shit. (laughs) Oh, he probably eats all sorts of weird shit on Halloween. Oh, yeah. Like cow eyes. Ooh. Like rats. Like, (laughs) like broccoli. Like, 
Wait, what? It's rats and broccoli? Like, like couscous. I don't know. Um, like moose Your list antler. deteriorated so rapidly. You started at rats, which is a very hardcore thing to eat. Then you went to fucking... To I don't broccoli. even know because... Broccoli. I'm sorry. I was so stuck on the couscous. <laughs> Which is a delicious food uh, and not at okay. all weird to eat. It's okay. It's delicious. It's just so small. It's like, it reminds me of the microbeads like that are in those like frozen packs or like in that soap, the little microbeads. I don't know. They just look like little microbeads to me. And I don't love that. Sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, that's, that's fine. But it, like, it also just doesn't fall into the category of, like, weird Halloween foods, either. Like, spaghetti looks like brains. <laughs> like, I, I get it. But, like, couscous and broccoli? <laughs> uh, it could look like bugs, maybe? He eats uh, Tide Pods. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's 2019 teens. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, they didn't have Tide Pods back then. Not that I remember. Hmm. Well, clearly, I'm not experienced in the creepy Halloween food department. I mean, you know what? I really liked your... You had such a strong out-of-the-gate start with rats. rats. He eats what? rats. What else is there? <laughs> what What else is there? Spiders? Scorpions? Well, like, I would immediately go to, like, tentacles. Human like remains? That's illegal. Is it? I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that's. <laughs> yes, yes. Cannibalism is. I illegal. thought that was just yeah. like one of those like unspoken like. Oh, we don't do that as like a society, like a fucking like human race, like basic rule, unspoken but always there. I'm pretty sure there are physical laws around it. Hang on. At least in some places. Am I gonna get in trouble if I Google is cannibalism illegal? No, I think that's a, and I'll do it if you don't. Like is. Is the NSA going to, like, put me on a watch list for Googling that? Listen, we've said so much shit on this podcast <laughs> if we're not on the watch list already. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I hope you're Googling it right now. Is cannibal is legal? Uh, it, there are no... Okay. In the United States... Consensual? What? Oh, no. In the Wait, United States... What? Sorry. Okay. <laughs> cannibalism, blah, blah, blah. I'm not giving you money. Um, consumption of another... <laughs> Ghost. Sorry. Okay. Cannibalism is the consumption of another human's body matter, whether consensual or not. Yes. What does body matter mean? Well, I don't know, but now I'm afraid they're going to be like, technically, cannibalism is legal because if you eat somebody's urine and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, or like earwax or something. Yeah. Yeah, no. Okay. I went sexual with it. You're right. Earwax or poop could also be included. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, moving right along. Sorry. Okay. In the United States, there are no laws against cannibalism per se, but most, if not all states have enacted laws that indirectly make it impossible to legally obtain and consume the body matter. Yes. That is what I thought was going to happen. It's like, yes, technically you could cannibalize somebody, but you can't like 
murder them. You cannot cut the flesh yeah. off of their okay. body because that's like assault. Like, yeah. Yeah. If someone consents to being eaten and kills himself, the cannibal may still be liable for criminal or civil actions based on laws governing the abuse or desecration of a corpse, which vary from state to state. Okay. So he would have to eat his own flesh for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> this is a journey. <laughs> How did we get here? I don't know. Oh god! I truly don't. We know. got on the wrong train, and now we're downtown somewhere far away from where we met, went to end up. And I yeah. would like to leave. Okay, let's get back on this train and head towards our final destination. Okay. So, Rachel ruins the mood. Um, and then later, Marco is getting his jacket out of his locker, and he spots Mr. Perkins stumbling down the hallway, crashing into students, and he's very sweaty and sick-looking. He passes- Can I make a minor note about this? Yeah. I immediately knew it was Marco, because they zoomed in on his forearm, and it was absolutely Jack. Oh my god! Yes! It's true! <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, like, there will be a shot of him, and I'll just be like, he's a fucking bodybuilder. He's a fucking beast. <laughs> he is. <laughs> I think they make him wear, like, baggy jackets all the time just to, like, yes. hide how fucking ripped he is. Absolutely. I think that all the time. Like, every time I see him, and I know that that's also, like, the 90s, but, like, every time I see him in, like, something super baggy, I'm like, they are just trying to make him look more like a teen than a jacked adult. <laughs> it's true. Sorry. Back to the stumbling and sweating man. Yeah, he's gross. And he passes Marco, and Marco's like, that's what you get for eating crickets. <laughs> yeah. Sick. Dude, part. you weren't even mad at him for eating crickets ten minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense with his reaction later. Um, but whatever. None of, nothing made sense. I feel like they filmed this episode out of order and then forgot to fix some of the dialogue <laughs> when they put it back together. That's very likely. There's a lot of kind of inconsistency that I personally don't. I mean, I know. Right. Like I know filming out of order is a very common and I think probably almost always done thing. Oh, but like they didn't fix it with the dialogue at all. Yeah. Like they didn't have a solid concrete script that they could just like put the puzzle pieces together. They were just kind of like, here's a general idea. Figure it out. Yeah. Like, uh, not to skip ahead, but there's, like, some conversations about Tom leaving later that oh I feel like God. we have three different conversations and none of them are the same. I agree. Okay, God. good. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It's... Ugh, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Woo! So, Mr. Perkins goes up the stairway and goes into a dark abandoned classroom. The showrunners have finally unlocked the secrets of Shaky Cam. Woo! Wow! Yay! You... I wonder how much XP they had to get to make that move happen. Oh my god! They were like, let's get a person in there with a camera on their shoulder to just kind of like free film it! And guess what? It kind of fucking works really well! So Mr. Perkins shuts the blinds and he throws his briefcase on the ground. Not part of the system. And Perkins? And Perkins? And Perkins? And he stumbles to the desk and he makes a phone call. He states his York designation. He's like, I'll take care of things on my end. You won't see me tomorrow because I'll be in class. And then he trashes the desk and raises a shaky fist in the air. (laughs) 
So fucking metal. Very metal. Show metal. Um, so yeah. Okay. Ten thousand fists in the air. That's a song, right? Whiskey in the jar. What? <laughs> Is this the part where we just make up lines from other songs, but then put it into that, like, noise? <laughs> yeah. Baby, baby, baby. Oh! <laughs> I need more metal covers of of things. (sighs) Oh my god. Can I tell you the dumbest thing I said today and then I swear to god we'll go back (laughs) once? Sure. Somebody said, I have a Scottish fold cat. And I said, oh, just like Taylor Swift. And I don't even know how I know that. I don't really like Taylor Swift all that much. Like, she's fine. I don't particularly like her. I just know she has a bunch of Scottish folds for cats. Oh, I didn't know that. type of cat. Now you do. And that's something I said out loud to another human today. You're welcome. <laughs> well, I think it was very informative. Well, I'm glad one of us came out on top here. Yeah. <laughs> it was a worthwhile comment to make. If it means that I now know that Taylor Swift has Scottish folds. She does. She does. Dumb. They're like $1,200 a cat. I know. Oh, my God. Yeah. They're kind of dumb looking <laughs> I mean, they're fine. Yeah, they're very stubby and squished. I mean, they're fine, but, like... They're fine. They're whatever. It's obviously, like, ooh, we're fucking with the genetics of these cats and breeding for specific traits, which I don't love as a concept, but whatever. We're breeding for extra cartilage in the ears, and when they don't have it, we give them away for free. Yay! Because there aren't enough cats in the world that don't have homes. Yep. I won't get it. <laughs> I mean, we've already gotten into cannibalism. Let's get into the Let's ethics. Get into the ethics of breeding, of animals. breeding animals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Or we could go to Siberia and meet up with the gang. That's also good. Yeah, I'd like Siberia, please. Okay, so let's go there. And Tobias isn't there, which is sad, but he's a bird. He's a bird. He's not allowed in the cafe. He can't even pay for things. No. And they can't pass him off as an emotional support hawk because he just screams the whole time. And that's not very (laughs) emotionally supportive. It's not. Honestly, it's stressful. He ruins my emotional state. (laughs) God. He just screams so much. (laughs) I just, I want to feel supported. And instead, I just feel like I'm being screamed at constantly. (laughs) Attacked constantly. This bird's attacking much like that Facebook group I'm a part of, I feel personally attacked by this aggressive bird. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nate, for signing me up for that group. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Tobias isn't there. Axe is there, though, which is great. Um, yes. And Marco's telling everybody about what he saw regarding Mr. Perkins, and he wanted to help him, but he didn't want to call attention to them because Mr. Perkins might be a yerk. And he's like, I'm losing myself, guys. And Rachel jokes, and may you never find you. Which, like, yep. damn. Damn, Rachel. It's a fucking sick burn, Rachel. It's kind of sick. The Marcelcho writer was not on this episode, for sure. No, because Marco did not appreciate that joke. No one did. No one. I mean, it wasn't really a joke so much as, like, a really sick burn. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Marco was like, 
opening himself up and being vulnerable and sad about not being able to help somebody. And she was just like, you suck, man. We don't do emotions here, Marco. Keep it under wraps. Listen, Marco, when you're not joking around, you make the rest of us like really nervous. So can you just like perform for us? Thanks. (laughs) I'm extremely uncomfortable dealing with emotions and I'd appreciate it if you didn't bring them up around me. Uh, basically i i get it okay like i truly get it i'm on rachel's side in this moment stop bringing your emotions to me i don't know what to do with them check them at the door please i'm here to have a good time i'm not here for your vibe check i don't like this do i look like a bellboy i don't want your baggage Wow, I seem to be carrying a lot of lately, and I'm not even being tipped. Thanks, Marco. <laughs> this has been the Attack Marco Hour. <laughs> Much like the airport, lose that emotional baggage and never find it. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. <laughs> These insults are very long and not very good. Okay. Oh, well, Rachel says she's sorry. Um, She does. She says it exactly like that, too. Yep. Um, And then she points out that it was weird that Mr. Perkins was trying to teach them about survival shit. And And Perkins. And Perkins. Uh, (laughs) As she's talking, the door to Siberia opens and a confused looking girl walks in and Jake notices and points her out. She's stumbling around. She's saying, free, free, over and over and over. She finally reaches their table. She's like, I'm free. It's out. The yurk's out. And the kids are like, oh, my God. And Axe says, a free controller. That's an oxymoron. Yeah, yeah, it is, actually. (laughs) Sorry, it just occurred to me. No, it is. Yeah, for sure. Um, His eyes are just so wide throughout the entirety of this episode. He was baffled. (laughs) He was baffled and concerned all of the time. Also, like, I don't know if I just kept, like, if I'm only, like, I don't know if this is my memory or not, but it seems like they always just had him sitting awkwardly in every scene. Like, they never had a scene with him standing up. It would just be like, (laughs) here's him sitting awkwardly in the cafe, cut to the barn. Here's him sitting awkwardly in the barn, cut to, like, (laughs) did he move? Was he sitting this whole episode? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know either, but all I can picture is him sitting awkwardly in various rooms. Like, almost like the scene changed around him, but he sat in the same awkward pose every time. He just sits really good. He sits really, like, very alien-like, for sure. He sits the best. (laughs) He's just ramrod straight with his, like, hands on his knees. Just staring. Yeah, and his legs spread at a, like yeah. the weirdest angle. Yeah, like not too wide, not too close, but not at a place where anyone would ever naturally put him. Yeah, that's just a hundred percent X right there, I guess. Yeah. Oh, but like, okay, but you could argue that he maybe prefers sitting because he is so wobbly on two legs. Well, I mean, that's that's fair. I I'm just in my head. It's almost like a cut and paste of acting. <laughs> it's just like a still image of him and his mouth just moves. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> it's just a cardboard cutout of Axe. 
Yeah, or like a visual <laughs> gag where like all of the scenes move around him, but he's at one fixed point. <laughs> it's. I'm sorry. Uh, this has gotten. I'm so sorry. No, don't. It's great. It's terrible. It's wonderful. Um. Well, this girl's about to get abducted though. Um. Because. Oh yeah. Sorry. Cassie spots a man. He has notable eyebrows, and he walks in through the door, and she's like, "Let's do something." Before he sees the girl. And Marco's like, too late. And then Jake <laughs> kind of launches into general mode. And he's like, Marco, distraction. Axe and Cassie, clear the bar. Rachel, you're with me. And I don't know. Okay. It seems fine for now. But um, Axe tries oh. to get Jake's attention. He's like, Prince Jake, Prince Jake. But it's too late. Everybody's moved off. Um, Jake and Rachel watch, walk up to the girl and tap her on the arm. She backs away looking nervous. And then she walks backwards into a pair of scary dudes. And Jake's trying to be like, well, what's up with her and act all casual. And then one of the guys says that she's a friend of theirs and they'll take good care of her. And they start leading her away. <sighs> this set me off. Like, Okay, me too. <laughs> God. <sighs> okay, listen. Everybody, yeah. for those of you who don't know this, if two dudes come up to a girl that is in distress yeah. or drunk yeah. or just regular, yeah. any girl, mm-hmm. and say, she's our friend, she's with us, you need to find a way to verify their story, but you do not let that girl out of your fucking sight, okay? She most likely doesn't know them and should not be going with them. Do not let that fucking girl out of your site Ab- you verify the story you find somebody else yes. that she knows yes yeah absolutely i wrote the exact same fucking thing big vibes yeah. right there oh my god yes. oh my god especially if she's in dis- okay i realize this is we're talking about animorphs we know she's a controller that's just been freed we have other extenuating circumstances that are affecting this but for real yeah if a girl is in distress and two dudes try to take her away saying she's our friend do not let her go yeah no absolutely 100 <sighs> percent oh sorry. yeah no sorry no i so i literally wrote the exact same thing <laughs> yeah yep 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 it's a yep. psa you for us her to you for... yes Yep. You can I would I would recommend asking for her phone, calling somebody who's marked like mom or dad or best friend. Like look in her phone, call people, verify with a few different people, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 Do not let her go with those people. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And the fact that they're like leading her away and she's like like looking at Jake and the others. Yes. Like, oh my god. Like, okay, yeah. I'm glad I'm not the only one that was getting really icky vibes from that. It's very icky. It's very, oh, she's going to go be assaulted or murdered. Yeah. And like, I know it's Animorphs, so we know she's going to be reinfested. Not that that's any better than like assault, but but still. Okay. But like, think about the episode where Cassie was in the library and Tom was standing really close to her and being super fucking creepy as a man. Yeah. Like, same kind of thing. It's like, yes, this is Animorphs. It's in the context of like aliens and shit like that but like it still reads as this is a not okay situation that happens to women everywhere in real life yeah god yuppers yep (laughs) 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 (laughs)
Yikes. Yeah. That got a little intense. I, it's, you know what? It happens. It does happen. It's super important, though, that everybody know that. And I'm sure most people do because we have super chill and awesome and strong, amazing women that listen to this podcast. But mm-hmm. also, if you didn't know that, here's your tip. <laughs> here's your chance to do something good someday. Yep. Um. Yeah, so... The animorphs do nothing, and they let this girl get dragged away to her doom. Who I like, okay. <laughs> God. Yeah, they do. They super do. Oh, my God. And then, like, later, a little bit later, Rachel's like, well, we tried. And I'm like, bullshit, you, no, you barely don't. tried. You barely fucking tried at all. Oh, my God. And then, okay, Ugh. the cherry on top is that Jake is like, great, and kind of sighs. And then he turns around, crashes into Marco. Marco's carrying a plate of food. And it's now all over the front of Jake's shirt. And Jake looks way more pissed off about that than about that girl going to meet her doom. Like, come on, yeah, you guys. and also, like, where did Marco even get that plate of food? Yeah. And, like... There's so many questions. Yeah, and, like, Jake was calling out all these shots, like, some sort of, like, football play. But ultimately, none of it mattered. Yep. <sighs> yep. And, like, I... I know this is the 90s and I know this is the situation that the Animorphs are in, but, like, I was dying for a scene where Rachel and Cassie totally, like, do the the whole, like, girl, you're with us. Yeah. Fuck these guys. We're not sending you... Like, I want to see that where it's, like, women protecting women. Yeah, seriously. In this scene. Oh, that would have been... That would have been great. Yeah. And again, I know this is the 90s and not the nows. The nows. <laughs> the the nows. time period the known as the nows. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't inspire great feelings in my heart and soul. Honestly, no. It was It was very... Um, I don't know. I guess, like... I don't know if scary is the right word, but it very much made me aware that it's like oh right there is a lot of people talking about like you know fuck politeness and like blah 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 like there's a reason that like different podcasts that are about you know not getting murdered are (laughs) popular and it's because there's a lot of people who have been murdered and a lot of shit that you know there's a lot of pressure on women to be polite and to not hurt men's feelings and Mm -hmm. to you know, just kind of go with the flow so that nobody gets affronted and play along. And absolutely fuck that shit. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, you know, to some extent, it's like it's a it's a way to protect yourself because you never know who you're going to encounter where if you're not polite right. to them, they're going to fly off the handle and maybe murder you. Um, but yes, like, yeah, right. Please interfere right. but if it's... that happens. Yeah, exactly. Or get someone to interfere. And if nobody's interfering on your behalf, just because these two men come up to you and say, you have to come with us, you don't have to be like, oh, okay, to keep the shit. You fight like hell. Oh, yeah. yeah. Never get in the van. I was talking. Never get in the van. I was talking about, like, in terms of, like, if you're observing this happening. Oh, yeah. If you're observing this happening, please intervene. Yeah, yeah, Please yeah. do something to help. Yeah. And if you are in this situation, please fight like hell. Yeah. Please Scream fuck and, those guys. Yeah, make a big commotion so that people notice. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, this has been our weird soapbox <laughs> about how to not get murdered. How to not get murdered. 
which is something people actually have to think about. So that sucks. You so are, much. <laughs> if you are a man that can go jogging in the morning while listening to headphones, congratulations. This is what we have to think about. Hooray! <laughs> yeah. <Ooh. laughs> How the I don't know. (laughs) What is this podcast anymore? Oh my god! You know, it's whatever the fuck we want. (laughs) We've been over this. Jesus. Okay. Would you like to talk to the visitors now? Please bring me to the visitors. Okay. Let's talk. Speaking of strong women, Visitor One is tearing Visitor Three a new hole. Um, fuck yeah she is fuck yeah she's like i assigned this planet to you because any idiot could have conquered it and you were at the top of the list and he's like trying to defend himself and say like yes there were setbacks but she's just like fucking relentless just laying into him (laughs) and she's a fucking hologram right now so she's not even like there to like beat his ass anyway um yet he still fears her (laughs) he does the dream (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) <laughs> um, he says due to Kandrana shortage he is prioritizing the needs of high ranking Yerks and eliminating the ones who are near death and he's also going to leak to the media that there's a weird very contagious flu going around and this is hitting way too close to home for me and I fucking hate it <laughs> um, uh, and that's when he like he's talking and he like picks up that can and starts like crushing it slowly yeah whatever the fuck that was i just i liked it it was like a stress ball i just i mean i didn't dislike it i just had no clue what it could possibly be why it was crushed so easily yeah what the wire was doing around like i i was just and they kept cutting to it like yeah 10 times and the prop wasn't that great you could see the glue marks on it yeah that's true but they kept cutting to it, and I thought it was way more important than I think it really was. It was just a thing to do, man. His little his little fidget it was, spinner. It was just a thing to do. Yeah. Uh, blah, blah, more dialogue. Uh, she says, any more setbacks will result in termination, and not the job kind, like the murder kind. Yeah. Um, and he's like, of course, Vizzer. And she signs off, and he, like, crushes the can and throws it in her general direction. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, I liked this scene because we get that good, good visitor dynamic and having the baddie have someone even higher above him who is kind of bullying him and yeah, it like expands his character a little bit, which is good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I just, I love visitor one. She's such a badass. I love her too. Just the actress does such a good job. She does. She does. Oh, my God. Yeah, she fucking owns it. She does fucking own it. She's so, like... I mean, I don't know what they pitched to her when she signed on to this project, but I'm sure it wasn't, like, Deanna Troy, but a hard ass. Actually, maybe it was. That sounds maybe. awesome. <laughs> Deanna Troy, but a Star super Trek. hard ass. Yeah. Yeah, you, you see Next Gen, you want to be Troy, but, like not brainless for the first several seasons and only about your boobs oh okay there okay so it got better it absolutely got better by the end of star trek next gen but the initial season they brought on these women that like you know deanna troy was like a very high-ranking officer and she was 
you know, supposed to be like kind of the, I guess, emotional support. Like she's the one that could actually take out Picard because she's the one that got to make the call. Like if you are not in your right mind, I can take you out as a captain and put you by the wayside. Okay. And then they had Beverly Crusher, who's like this amazing doctor, blah, blah, blah. And then every once in a while, I mean, like, first of all, they just made them super sexualized to begin with. And then everybody was like, well, actually, fuck that. So then by, like, season (laughs) five or whatever, they got to wear, like, better clothes that weren't, like, super skin-tight spandex and they got a brain. And then, like, they're like, well, what if we had Beverly Crusher and Deanna Troy on the holodeck in, like skin-tight aerobic suits working out together for no fucking reason? Oh, no! it was just like... What is happening? So, oh no, there were there were hiccups in that. Yeah. You know? Okay. So, anyways, all that to say, if somebody <laughs> came up to me and said, "We're gonna make you Troy, but fucking badass and in charge of everything," I'd be like, "You know what? Hell yeah, I'll take that job." Okay. And that's my <laughs> career path. We're getting like progressively more feminist, like vocally feminist on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> normally it's like it's a slow burn i feel like over the course of our podcast this is like in 20 minutes we've absolutely fucking lost it (laughs) (laughs) like i don't know what happened to set us off but like there was something where we were all of a sudden like you know what we need on this podcast (laughs) women empowerment and we need it fucking now fuck yeah (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah yeah well so anyways yeah um, well, at least we have some good, good boys and it's Axe and Tobias. They're hanging out in the barn. Shorm's forever doing stuff together. Hanging out in a barn, playing with shit on Cassie's shelf, which I didn't see what it was, but it was something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, Axe is just like, oh, what's this? Like, it's a human thing. I'm going to try and figure out what it is. Um, but oh, do you know what it did to me though? Huh? It made me really long for that scene that we created in the last podcast where he had been storing stuff in Cassie's barn. Oh, and yeah. A communicator. Yeah. It really made me want that scene more. Oh, my God. That was so good. Yeah, we wrote we wrote that scene real good. They should have come to us. They should have come to us. Um, where am I in my notes? Uh, yeah, that's when the kids roll in and talk about their failed rescue mission. And they're like, oh, we tried so hard, except we didn't. Um, Axe stands up and says, I have news. And Marco's like, oh, the Yerks have decided to surrender and go home. And Axe looks really confused. Rachel chuckles. And Jake is like, please proceed, Axe. <laughs> like, I love how Axe just doesn't fucking bat an eye at this. Like, <laughs> He's like, sarcasm, what? I don't understand <laughs> this quite yet. So I'm just going to stare blankly and not say anything. Which is very Axe from the book like. It is. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. Uh, um, anyway, X says he's report. The media is reporting a contagious flu and they are quarantining anyone who's infected. That's right. Animorph says quarantine. That's right. Come on. (laughs) Um, I mean, they just mean elimination though. Yeah. Yeah. Which we could have done. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, we're kind of, like doing that though yeah yeah like in a fucked up way in a very fucked up way we're like well a little bit herd immunity let's just kill off yeah unethical but hey 
here we are. Everybody's dying and everybody's like, why is everybody dying? And it's because no one wants to wear a mask and socially distance. Everybody gotta have their Christmas. Everybody gotta have their family for Christmas because they only want their family for this Christmas and not the other ones. Yep, because they killed their family with germs. (laughs) What a great song we've written. (laughs) No, wait. (laughs) What is happening to us? We've had one beer each and all of a sudden we're like, let's air every grievance we've ever had. Jesus. <laughs> it's almost the end of the year. I'm cracking a little bit because everything sucks. <laughs> Why are people so terrible? Please stop being terrible. Okay. Like, okay. The problem is, is that the people that are terrible don't listen to us because we've already said some other shit to scare them away. Ugh. Let's go back to Animorphs. Cause... I'm sorry. No, yes. I'm sorry. I, I took us here. Don't be sorry. This is... We are on some kind of warpath tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we have a vendetta. We do. Like, I mean, I don't know if it's just that we're, like, drinking together and, like, we're just at, like, a tipping point. But, like, we are... We are on some kind of... I mean... Some kind of stand tonight. Like, I just go for really long periods where I read all this, like, horrible shit. And I, you know, I'll, like, mention it to Matt and we'll talk about it sometimes. But, like, I really just kind of, like, sit there and stew on it. And sometimes it just comes bursting out in a tirade. And, yeah. <laughs> like Let it out. Fucking let hell, it all man. out, man. Fucking eat shit, some of you. <laughs> like, not, not listeners. I'm sure you're all fine. But, like, some of the humans, man, just fucking... Eat shit, you guys. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's accurate. And I think I've really pinpointed where this happened. And I think it was when this TV show dared to cross into the real world where a woman straight up got kidnapped. Yeah. To be reinfested in front of our eyes and nobody did a fucking thing. Yeah. And that's just a really true thing that happens all the fucking time. Yeah. And they, like, they don't give her a second fucking thought. No. No. Nobody cares about her. Nobody's thinking about her. And you know what? Here's the other really shitty thing. Is that if this wasn't a thing where she came back infested and went to live her normal life, she would be plastered everywhere because she's the white, blonde-haired, blue-eyed woman. God forbid that was, you know, a person of color or yep. somebody who was a sex worker. Yep. Nobody would even, we wouldn't have even, that's why they didn't even get the time of day on this TV show. The only person that got featured with this happening to them was the white woman. Yeah. So I guess this is why we stopped drinking while recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Fucking shit. Yeah. It's just that everything is fucking awful it kind of is and we can't even lose ourselves in escapism in a stupid badly done tv show when they're treating real events in the show like nothing i think that's why i'm pissed yeah because i came here to have a good time and you're throwing this horrible thing in my face and not giving it the proper 
like weight it deserves. Like fuck you. Yeah. <sighs> absolutely fuck you. Like <laughs> Sorry. No, I I completely agree and it's it's enraging and like yes, I realize this was filmed in the 90s and that <laughs> so much of these sensitivities were not in place and like it's in a way it's unfair to view it with 2020 eyes but like at the same time this was the same fucking time period that shit was coming out where there was tv shows that would grab women off the streets and they'd have people standing by that would only show up if they yelled fire because if a woman yells help they won't come this is the same fucking time period that those TV shows were coming out. And this is all fucked up. Yeah. <sighs> well, and the whole, like, Stranger Danger sort of, you know, movement that was happening in the 90s, too. I mean, that was right. more for kids. But I mean, she's a kid, though. Like, like it's They fucking... are kids. Absolutely. Yeah, like. <sighs> I don't know. It was just I mean, handled really poorly. Like You know, I. <sighs> Yeah, it was handled super poorly, and it sucks because what happens in, like, book two when Rachel almost gets fucking taken, and God knows what was going to happen to her, and, like, in that one, it kind of got written off because, you know, she was able to turn into an elephant and scare the guy off, but, like, here's a situation with, like, a real-world situation where this woman can't get away, she's taken by two men, there's people that are trying to help her that were intimidated off of her, and nobody did anything, Yeah, and, like... It, the only thing is, like, we're excusing it because we're like, oh, she's going to go infested, get infested by a yerk and this is a sci-fi show. Yeah. But, like, what if those men were controllers? What yeah. if those were two killers or rapists? Yeah. And that woman just got raped in the woods. And, you know, we go on with our happy little Animorphs show where our kids are fighting. All I know the Animorphs isn't a happy little show, okay? Don't... You know what I'm saying. But that's a good fucking point, though. They could... they. You're right, they could have just been, like, two regular non-controllers. And, like, just because in this world there's aliens and that's kind of, like, a big priority doesn't mean that the other world and the other terrible things that happen within it just stop completely. Right. No, those things still happen. Yeah. On top of everything else. Yeah. Shit. Boy, howdy. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I feel like... Richard Awadi when he got really mad on the Big Fat Quiz show, and he's like, I find it very difficult to climb down from this level of rage. <laughs> like, I don't know how to get down from here, okay? Oh. I've climbed very high, and I can't jump back down to the TV show. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Should we keep trying to move forward, or should we just, like, I don't know, try another day? Like... This is like I mean the deepest that we've gone that like I don't feel like it, you know. <laughs> I mean I'll I'll rally, but like man I'm so fucking mad. Yeah, I'm mad too. <sighs> I do you wanna try to rally? Because yeah. here's the thing, like I know that we're like we should cut some of this, but I also feel like some of this is really fucking important. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> And so I kind of just want to rally and keep going because it's like if a hundred people listen to this episode and ninety nine percent of them know this and one person doesn't, yeah. it's fucking worth it for yeah. this one person to try to understand this perspective mm-hmm. and hopefully help somebody. Yeah. All right. All right. We can rally. Let's try to rally. Okay. Let's do this. All right. Let me. <laughs> All right. Anamar says quarantine. <laughs> um, yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> 
So Marco suggests that maybe Mr. Perkins has the flu, and Jake adds that Tom has been sick lately too. And they hypothesize that destroying the Candrona made all the Yerks sick. And Tobias, that's when Tobias is like, that was weeks ago. Why is this just happening now? And Axe says that wasn't the only Candrona. Maybe the Yerks were using a different source that finally broke down. And that's when I was like, why didn't they just make this a couple days after they destroyed the Candrona? There's no need to fuck with the timeline like this. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. That was a weird choice. Um, Anyway, Rachel's like, oh my god, this is great. And they deduce that more people will be free and they'll speak out against the Yerks and they can't cover it up. And Marco says, everyone will finally see the truth is out there. And we get some recycled footage of Rachel chuckling. Like it's the same fucking shot that we used like a couple minutes ago. It's fine. Why though? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Tobias screams and Axe doesn't say anything Uh to this madness. Yep. Oh, okay. This next scene opens up. I love this opening shot because it's Visor 3's lair. He opens the door and they position the camera like slightly down. So you see him walking and then like Chapman shows up like right behind him. I don't know. I just thought that was really cool. I dig it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It was just clever because you think Visor 3 is alone and then he steps down the stairs and it's like Chapman's here too. Um, Yeah. Yay, Chapman's back. Yeehaw. Yeehaw, cowboy! Cowboy's back! <laughs> I'm amazed they didn't have, like, the foley of, like, the spurs spinning <laughs> and hitting the ground as he was walking. <laughs> Ooh, I, I want him to, like, as he keeps coming back into the show, just add a little bit more cowboy stuff to his outfit. <laughs> <laughs> like a bandolier or something yeah. like that. And the next time he has, like, a handkerchief scarf, and then he has, like, a lasso, and then he has a hat. And then he has, like, the slicker that he just hangs up behind the principal door. And then he has, like, a sheriff star. And then one day it's just him galloping up to the school on a horse. <laughs> he just gets progressively more cowboy. I love it. Uh... <coughs> Sorry. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. I like that. Um, so Chapman's back. And he reports that Mr. Perkins is rounding up all the student controllers. Visitor 3 is like, okay, cool, but what about Tom, though? And Chapman says they're taking him to the new pickup spot tonight. Visitor 3 says the free controllers are not permitted to live and reveal their secrets. And Chapman's like, don't worry, boo, I got you. Gross. Yeah. Uh, Now we're in Tom's room. Tom is shivering on his bed, clearly sick. Uh, The camera pans over to the door and his mom appears with a tray of soup. And she gives him a soup, and he's like, "Oh shucks, mama, it's just a stupid bug. And she's like, okay, honey, whatever you say. Uh, Jake and Homer appear in the doorway, and the mom starts talking to Jake uh, about Tom's flu. Tom looks over at his bedside table, and there's a clock, and it reads that it's almost 6 p.m. And he's also got, like, a photo of an old Hollywood actress for some reason. I thought that was a strange choice. Do you know what actress it was? I looked it up. Honestly, they all look the fucking same to me. (laughs) Like, I came across an article of, like, here's 20 famous Hollywood actresses from the olden days. And I was like, it could be her. Could be her. Could be. It could be any one of these women. Like, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Yeah, unless it's, like, Audrey Hepburn or something. There's no way I'll know. Yeah. Or, like, a lady from Gone with the Wind. Oh, I almost said Marilyn Monroe before you said Gone with the Wind. Vivian oh, who was it? Vivian Leigh. 
I think. Yeah, I wouldn't recognize her either. Yeah. Whatever. Um, da, 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 da. Jake's mom's talking to Jake and Marco. Um, the boys go into Jake's room, and Jake's like, it's time to take Tom to the barn. And Marco's like, so we're going to tie him up and starve out the yerk? And Jake's like, it worked for me. <laughs> and Marco's like, yeah, but it's different. And for some reason, Jake gets fucking pissed, and he's like, you're just mad that we didn't bring your mom back, and why can't I have my brother back? Blah, blah. And he's just being really fucking mean. Um, yeah. And Marco is calm- calming him down and be like, I just meant how do we get him past your mom? Like, I'm with you all the way here, buddy. Just, like, how do we yeah. do this? Like, props to Marco in this moment. Yeah. yeah. Jake just, like, moments. jumped down his fucking throat. He did, without thinking. Um, Jake says they'll wait until his mom's asleep to sneak him out. Marco looks out into the hallway, and Tom is, like, getting out of his room and, like, barreling his mom over. And his mom's like, where are you going? <laughs> I have friends. I have friends. I feel better, mom. I have to go to the sharing meeting. And he, like, Ugh. fucks out of there. Yeah. Um, Jake runs to his yep. window, looks outside. Tom's getting into a van with the eyebrow dude. And he's like, Tom, no! And Marco's like, no, 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 where are you going? Don't be a fucking idiot. And Jake's like, fuck you, Marco. Because it's apparently expected that Marco is going to be a good little boy when his mom is in prison, but you can do whatever the fuck you want, Jake. Yeah, no fucking kidding. This is, okay, this is like one of the qualities that I really appreciated about the book, Jake, is he absolutely, like as much as he loved his family and he did lose it towards the end when all three of them were taken. Yeah. Like, he's too much of a strategist in the books to just, like, lose it in a situation like this. He would hold it together. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was a little bit iffy in that book where his his dad was a target. But Yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, this was just, like, too much. Yeah, this is, that's... Yeah, he definitely, like, his decisions are compromised because of that heightened, like, emotion and it was his dad and stuff. But, like, this was just straight up, like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to do whatever it takes, as reckless as it is, to get him back. And it's like, no, that's not Jake at all. Especially coming off the heels of Marco doing that same shit with his mom. Yeah. Like, you're being such a fucking hypocrite right now, Jake. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, so the van's driving away. Jake and Marco run after it. Jake is like, Tom, Tom, my brother, Tom, don't go. I know everything about you and the sharing. I know everything. And the van skids to a stop. And Marco's like, what are you doing? You fucking idiot. And then we cut to a commercial. Yep. Yep. Yay. Marco's right. You're a fucking idiot. You're a fucking idiot, Jake. Not you, Sean. I love you. Yeah, Sean, you're wonderful. Sean, you're, you're perfect. You're just boy. doing what you're told and paid to do. Yeah, you are killing this acting job so much that we're now mad at you for stupid decisions that your character <laughs> made. But all you're doing is a great fucking job. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I don't even blame Jake. Yeah. I blame the writers of this episode. Absolutely. So, after the commercials, we're back. Um... I saw that the the license plate on the van said Axie on it, which made me go, (laughs) it's my boy. Uh, Jake and Marco are seeing what the the controllers are going to do, and then they decide to fuck off, and the van drives away. And Marco starts to say, Jake, that was way too close, but Jake has already morphed and disappeared. Yep. Such a fucking hooligan. 
Yep. Uh, elsewhere, the van pulls up to a road and stops. We see Jake, who is morphed into Homer, running up after them, and he watches from the bushes as Tom and the controller get out of the car and walk into the woods. The controller hands Tom off to Mr. Perkins, who's waiting for them. Jake follows them. Tom starts bitching and whining about the campsite being too far away, and Mr. Perkins indirectly tells him to shut the fuck up and stop complaining. <laughs> Which I enjoyed. Yeah, me too. Uh, they end up at a shed, and they go inside, and Jake Dog jumps up on the window and demorphs back to human. Oh, okay. This, I think, was a really smart way to use low budget with the morphing sequences. Like, they had the two shots, like, the one of his hand Uh turning back into his human hand. But then, like, the reflection in the window where they could kind of, like, it didn't have to be a direct overlay onto his face. They could kind of recycle footage, but because it was, like in a different location, like a reflection as opposed to right on his face, they could fade out a bunch of the corner. Like, uh-huh. this was just, like, in the midst of everything, just a really smart budget decision mm-hmm. on how to show a morph sequence cheaply. Yeah! And I really liked the the paw morphing shot. Like, yes. it doesn't... It was good. Like, I, it doesn't really make sense. Like, his hand would just, like, appear and he right. wouldn't have to, like, uncurl his fingers. But I like that he did uncurl his fingers because I feel like in previous morphing sequences it's obvious they took, like a still shot of the animal and a still shot of the human and just like merge them together. So I feel like we haven't seen like, here's a crossfade like morphing and then the person like moves, you know what I mean? Right. Yep. So it felt like fancier in that way, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it did. Like it was like, Oh, you're trying different shit and I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. We've unlocked shaky cam and Upgraded morphing sequences. Good job. That's right. <laughs> We're getting technologically better in this thing. Yes, we are. Yay! <laughs> so, Jake's a person now. He's sweaty. Um, Mr. Perkins. Yeah, because he's a boy. He's a sweaty teenage boy. Gross. <laughs> uh, Mr. Perkins ties Tom up to a chair and he's like, you're going to feel like shit for a little bit, but then you're going to be your old self again. And Tom's like, we're going to track you down. There's no escape, blah, 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 blah. And Mr. Perkins is like, whatever, I'll get more people. They argue for a bit. All your efforts are futile, blah, blah, blah. Um, outside, a wolf pops up from behind Jake. Mr. Perkins offers Tom some soup, but it's not in like a, like, you should eat way. It's kind of in like a fuck you kind of way. I know you're not going to eat this, but I'm going to be a dick to you, <laughs> which I appreciated. Um, and outside, Marco demorphs. And Jake is like, Mr. Perkins is on our side. I'm going to go in and help him. And Marco's like, no, Mr. Perkins has it under control. It's too risky. We should come back later. And Jake agrees and they leave. Yep. Yay. Yay. They're out of there. They're out of there. Marco made a good call. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now we're back at the barn. And we get a really weird section of dialogue. Because Jake, Uh Jake walks in. He's like, Good news, Mr. Perkins has Tom. And everybody looks fucking confused because there's like no context for this. Right. And it makes no sense because nobody, well, they know probably who Mr. Perkins is, but Ax and Tobias maybe wouldn't <laughs> and maybe not even Cassie. And also, what does that mean? And also, yeah. what? what? Yeah. <laughs> so then Marco supplies like, Mr. Perkins is a freed controller. And Jake's like, yeah, he made him soup. And everybody looks confused again. And Marco's like, he's got him tied up in the shed to starve out the yerk. It's like, Jake, what, what, where did your communication skills go? Like, what 
what is going on? I don't know. I truly don't know. It feels like the start of, like, just insanity descending upon Jake. But, like, they should have played that up if Jake was just, like, so giddy from happiness that he wasn't making sense. Like, they should have really ramped that up. Yeah. And Jake should have been, like, like jumping for joy and be like, guys, guys, it's this thing. And Mark was just, like, calmly behind him, like, this is this translated for you. I don't know. Yep. But, like, it was just kind yeah. of like Jake would drop a bomb and then there'd be, like, ten seconds of silence as everybody tried to parse what he tried to say. I don't know. It's just silly. It was just chaos. And then, like, also, it's, like, and for Axe, he's a science teacher at our school that we go to that teaches, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. It, it just needed so much more. Yeah. Ugh. Marco's really, like, like, helping Jake out in this episode. <laughs> It's really carrying a lot like, of the weight here. Yeah, I feel like... I almost kind of feel like Marco had more to do in this episode than he did in the episode where he found out that his mom was Visor 1. Yeah, they really kind of switched roles here. Yeah. It was kind of... That's the other thing. Why would you sandwich, like... Or why would you place this episode with, like, that was so heavy and, like, Jake getting Tom back and Jake's family, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right after the bombshell of, like, Marco's mom. Like, it's just... It's too much. Yeah. It's... Yeah. They needed another, like, plot to break this one up. Yeah. They're too similar. They're they're way too similar. And, like, the reactions are so different. And, like, it just... (laughs) You're right. Like, if this had happened, like, one episode later, we never would have been like, Jake, you're such a fucking hypocrite. We would have been like, oh, he wants to save his brother and his family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately for them, our memory lasts all of two episodes, and we can remember this because it's right on the heels of the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> Whatever. Go, Marco. Yeah, go, Marco. Good job, Marco. Uh, duh, duh, duh. so finally they communicate what's going on to the others. Rachel's like, this is great. And they figure that Tom only needs another day before his Yerk dies. And Axe chimes in. He's like, yeah, about that. Tom has to leave once he's free because Yerks are probably going to murder him. And Jake's like, he yeah. can fake being a controller. And then Cassie points out that oh. he's going to have to go back to the Candrona and he won't be able to get through the sensors because, oh my God, continuity? Whoa! Yeah, that was really kind of jarring that she said that. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Um. Everybody starts like dogpiling on Axe, who's just trying to point out like a logical and realistic situation, and everyone's like, "What are you saying, Axe? You're saying it's impossible. Nothing's impossible. Like we have to keep the faith, and everything we're doing is impossible. We're kicking your butt, and blah blah blah." I was just like, "Leave him alone, you guys." <laughs> I like I couldn't even watch that because the dialogue was so it was garbage. Stupid. Nothing's impossible. But it's like you know what? Fuck off. Try to come up with a logical plan, you assholes. Yeah, yeah. So Jake's like, we have to form a plan to help Tom once he's free. And they're like, oh, we can give him supplies to survive in the wild. And Axe is like, the Yerks could get to him first. This could all be a trap, and we won't know if Tom is free. And Jake snaps at him. He's like, I'll know. I know my brother, Tom. Which, in most circumstances, it would be like, okay, Jake's starting to lose it. This is bullshit. But then, like, in two scenes, for some reason, this was something they decided to bring back where Jake looks at him. He's like, oh, not my brother. Not my brother, Tom. So, like, 
This was an accurate statement, but there was no reason for this to be an accurate statement. This was like, oh, he's speaking from a place of heightened emotion. So I don't know why, of all the things they could have brought back, that this was one that they chose to. Yeah. Yeah. Dialogue's not great. Nothing (laughs) is great. Nothing is great. (laughs) Nothing about this is great. No. But I was feeling very defensive of Axe. Yeah, I don't blame you because, yeah, Axe just kind of got shit on. Yeah. All right. Well, we're back with Jake's mom. She's knocking on the door of Tom's room and asking if he's feeling okay. She doesn't get an answer, so she peeks her head into the room. His bed is empty. She asks Jake- But the soup bowl is still there? Yeah. I understand. Like, for two days at this point. It's disgusting. (laughs) It's got flies in it, probably. Cockroaches. Oh, my God. I mean, at the very least, it's, like, disgustingly skimmed over on the top. Oh, yeah. It's got that film. Yeah, and probably, like, the spoon is all stuck in the... Pl- like, dude! Come on. You just left a bowl of soup in your room for days! <laughs> Pick up after yourself, you fucking tool. Yeah, fucking teenage <coughs> boys. Don't leave bowls in your room. Like, come on. Oh, shit. That's funny. <sighs> Get crumbs in your bed. Gross. <laughs> So, um, she asks Jake where the fuck Tom is, and Jake's like, oh, he went to that sharing camping trip overnight thing, and she's like, what the fuck? Like, he didn't tell me it was overnight, I wouldn't have let him go if I knew that. And Jake's like, don't worry, mom, the camping trip will make him a new man, and smugly walks away. Smug bastard. I, for sure, this was, like, jarring to me, because I definitely thought the next line after she said something like, if I hadn't known he was going to be gone overnight, I never would have let him go. I for sure thought Jake was going to say something like, you couldn't have stopped him if you tried. Oh, like, yeah. And the fact that he just said some weird, like, he's going to be a new man. Ha, 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 ha. I was like, wait, <laughs> Some cryptic what? bullshit. Yeah, it was like, what the fuck, Jake? Or he could have just said, like, I don't know. Sorry, Mom. I got to go to school. Bye. Like, got a jet. Got a jet. Wow. <laughs> Too radical. and also the mom delivered it in like it was almost like a soap take the way that she delivered that line like if i had have known that my boy was going to be gone for two days i never would have allowed him to go on the trip never he was terribly ill and it was like why the drama for this fucking line no she just wants to know where her eldest baby boy is I guess. It's fucking weird. Yeah, the, yeah, this whole thing is fucking weird. <laughs> this whole show is fucking weird. Ugh, truly. All right. Now we're in Mr. Perkins' class. The bell just rang. Everyone's leaving. Jake walks up to him and says, like, hey, can I ask you something about surviving in the woods? And Marco's like, dude, what are you doing? Stop. We're going to be late. Let's go. <laughs> and Jake's like, where do you like to go camping? And Perkins' like, I don't know. I like Milton Park. And the boys are like, okay, cool, thanks, bye. Which I thought was a weird, like, I thought Jake was trying to ask him, like, where he was keeping the freed controllers or something. I don't know. I I didn't, I, I'll tell you what happened here. I heard this line and I didn't know what he was getting at. Yeah. But then immediately I was like, oh, that's what he's going to use to find him later when he needs to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got there in the end, but I didn't. Yeah. But, like, when I didn't know what was going to happen, it was like, why the fuck was this a scene? Right, 
Right. It was like, this is, and it's like so unnatural and so weird as well. It, was it like, really oh, is. Creep. Creep. Let's go camping <laughs> together, teach. Anyway. Yeah, like if I for a single second thought that a teenage boy was going to show up at my campsite, I would lie to him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gross. Anyway. So gross. So inappropriate. It's all bad. It's all terrible. <laughs> uh, Marco is also mad about this. He's like, what the fuck, Jake? Are you trying to blow our cover? And Jake's like, I just wanted to thank him. And Marco's like, okay, that's fair. And then Jake looks up and he sees Tom wandering through the halls, slamming passerby into the wall. And Jake's like, oh, fuck, he's still a controller. We have to warn Perkins. Which they never explain how Tom got away, like, in the rest of this episode, but whatever. Yeah. Or, like, why? Because it seems like Mr. Perkins has an idea of, like, Jake is aware of this whole war. Like, even at this point, I think it was, like, kind of like maybe Mr. Perkins has figured out that Jake is somehow involved. Uh Uh-huh. And, like, you'd think that, like, he would drop a line. Not that they were very subtle in, like, their later conversations, but you think he'd drop a line, like, oh, yeah, Tom, he, you know, he left early. Like, anything. Anything to be, like, yeah, Tom's not cool anymore, guys. Yeah. Uh... I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get it at all. I didn't get it either. <sighs> but yeah, Tom's here. Um, and yep. Cha- Chapman is also here. Chapman is walking down the halls with two cops. And Marco's like, oh shit, we're too late to say Perkins. And Jake's like, no, it's not too late. It's never too late. <laughs> or some shit. And Marco's like, yeah, but we cannot interfere because it will blow our cover. And Jake's like, I'm completely fine with that because Perkins is my new best buddy and we have to save him. Oh my god. Fucking Jake. They Jake. just got his character so wrong. They did. And like, I don't even know where they were getting this character from. Yeah. And like, Mr. Tidwell wasn't even a twinkle in their eye at this time. <laughs> it's true. <sighs> They hadn't come down with the sickness yet. That's right. They have not. (laughs) 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 Oh, shit. Uh, All right. Are you ready for some more awful dialogue? Yes. Oh, my God. All right. So Perkins is in his classroom. Tom shows up and they start having the most stereotypical fucking cookie cutter showdown dialogue. Like, (laughs) I bet you didn't expect to see me here. Oh, but I did. Oh, you're looking well. I'll look better after I kill you and shit like that. It's just like, are you fucking kidding me with this? Laziest fucking writing ever. Yeah, and then he tries to jump out a window. <laughs> he does. Oh, my God. Yeah, one of the cops tries to grab him. And he just, like, yeets himself out the window, but they grab him and drag him away. It's great. I don't know what story this window was on, but... I, you know, 
I honestly, like, the way they were filming it, I think he, like, jumped onto a desk and then they tried to, like, close crop it and then overlay it, like, going the opposite direction of him out the window so they could film the face shot and then, like, the behind shot through the window. But it just, it wasn't cut in a way that, like, I could make sense of the scene. So I was watching it and I was like, it looked to me like he just jumped onto one of, like, the science tables to try and crawl over it to get away. And then was, like, very badly grabbed. And I was like, wait, <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, it was bad. It was bad. It was quite bad. Uh Oh, yeah. Ch- uh, they drag him away. Chapman tells Tom, don't bother reinfesting him. Just kill him. Um, And the cops are in the hall. And they are stopped by a beautiful white tiger. Um, and per- wow. Yay! A magic tiger. <laughs> Perkins breaks free of their hold, and the tiger chases the cops down the hallway, which is great. Good job, tiger. Um, yeah. Tom goes to confront Perkins, and he is accosted by Marco the wolf. It's a dog. It's, it's, it's a fucking dog, but it's fine. <laughs> they did their best. They did their best. It kind of looks like a wolf. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. It's a good There's dog. A she wolf in the closet. <laughs> uh, yeah, he sees Mark of the Wolf and he fucking nopes out of there. And Perkins escapes down a different stairwell. <laughs> God, I love this thing for Okay. Chapman goes out to see what the fuck is going on and he sees Jake the tiger. Jake backs him into the classroom. Chapman's like, when are you going to stop hiding behind your pathetic moors? Oh my god! Oh! And Jake jumps up on the table and Chapman falls to the ground screaming like a tiny girl. I did love that. Oh, it was so good. The fucking scream was just my favorite thing. And the cowering on the ground was just beautifully pathetic. It was. I loved it. I loved it too. Like, Chapman really, his actor really put in the work that day. <laughs> Uh, when we want a shitty TV show, this is the kind of shit we want. Right. Can't be shit. Yeah. Not shitty shit. Exactly. <laughs> it's very descriptive, I know. Yeah, but I know exactly what you mean, though. Good. Um, <laughs> Chapman's like, you win this round, Andalite, but you'll never win the the bigger thing. The bigger round. <laughs> the much larger round that's around this round. <laughs> It's a roundabout, and we'll come back to this point, and I'll win next time. Yeah. Meddling kids. <laughs> I also like they put a mat up on the uh, the science counter for the tiger so it did not slip and fall and hurt its little paws. Aw, that's cute. That's cute. I liked it. Uh, da, da, da. Cut to Visor 3, who is like, a tiger? He's supposed to be dead. And Chapman is like, we were outgunned, outmanned, outnumbered, outplanned. <laughs> Throw all the references in. Excellent. Uh-oh. I like that. Uh, <laughs> Visitor 3 is like, it's very convenient that a wild tiger was there at just the right time. And Tom is like, yes, how? And then proceeds to throw Chapman under the bus by saying Chapman failed to realize that Perkins was free and the Andalite Bandalites were using the school as a cover. Visor 3 is like, ah, this sucks. And Tom's like, wait, I have an idea. And we don't get to find out what that is, because now we are in the woods at night, and Perkins is in front of a campfire, and he hears something creeping around. 
And then I got really fucking confused because we have a shot of Jake walking towards the campfire. We can see Perkins at the campfire. Yeah. And then in the next shot, Perkins pops up behind Jake. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? So that scene confused me too because like they do switch to the perspective of Jake in between there. And like they have Jake walking around a not extremely large, but somewhat large tree. And then, like, they have the focus on the fire, and then Perkins pops up behind him, and it's like, are you implying that Perkins got up, ran all the way around Jake in the time it took him to pass a medium-large tree? Yeah! I didn't, I was like, what, what is this? What's happening? Well, and I thought that when we're looking at Jake's perspective, I thought I could see the outline of Perkins by the campfire. I thought so, too! Yeah, but, like, what you said, if I had just, like, been mistaking that for, like, a tree or something. Sure. It still doesn't make sense for Perkins to, like, get up and walk all the way behind Jake. Like, it just, it was so badly blocked. Yeah. It was so dumb. Yep. Whatever. Perkins is magical now, apparently. He's He's a a teleporter. teleporter. (laughs) Kurt Wagner. (laughs) Yes. I'm Kurt Wagner. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and in the Munich Circus, I was known as the Incredible Nightcrawler. <laughs> uh. <laughs> My favorite X-Men. Come join our Discord. There's an X-Men channel where we don't talk about Animorphs. We only talk about X-Men. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> <sighs> it's a good time. Kurt is one of my favorites. He's not my favorite. X-Men, he's, he's one of he's them. A, I just, I like him. I just like him. I love him. He's wonderful and amazing. He's just not my favorite X-Men. Well, I know who your favorite is. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> and I don't mean to disdain your favorites. Your favorite is great. I just don't know why I felt the need to answer. I too know my favorite <laughs> X-Men. What a stupid answer to that. No, it's great. Oh, no. <laughs> fuck okay okay (laughs) all right perkins is magic um all right i i'm probably getting a lot of this dialogue wrong because it was very disjointed and i'm just kind of summarizing it so forgive me if it's inaccurate and jake did not once call him a beautiful sunfish and therefore i am affronted (laughs) and perkins and perkins (laughs) (laughs) uh perkins is like i knew you'd find me and Jake's like, I, fu- I brought you some food and stuff. And Perkins is like, cool, because I might die out here. And Jake's like, nah, you're awesome. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I for- totally forgot until you just start saying this. And he says, I brought you several weeks worth of food. And then hands him the tiniest fucking bag of all time with like two oranges in it. He's like, you can live off this for weeks, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I'm sorry. I borrowed Tobias's sack lunch. That's right. <laughs> his tiny, sad sack lunch <laughs> with his giant hands. And I think it'll look normal in your hands. So here, have an empty bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's incredible. <laughs> it was the dumbest shit I'd ever seen. This should last you a few weeks. It's like two Twix bars, man. Oh, man. But, like, he's probably, like, 
on the very edge of the city. Like he's probably like he walks down the road and he there's a gas station. He's like, probably in fine. the park where Sugar ran into the bush to find the stick yeah. two episodes ago. Yeah, basically. Ugh. 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 Yeah. Yep. I think it's more of a gesture than anything. I guess. Because after all, Jake wanted to know where he likes to camp so that he could thank him. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, Jake gives him some food. And <laughs> Perkins, Perkins is like, it's risky to be seen together, but like, also maybe we should trade information or something. Um, also, Visitor 3 is close to unlocking the secrets of the disc. He's like, closer than you think. He's like, super close. Like, just so you know, he's real close. <laughs> It's like okay we get it shut up we get it he's close got it <laughs> wow um and then perkins just like fucking goes to leave i guess he like, does go to put out the fire and jake offers uh, to do it yeah but like i don't get why he's like suddenly leaving i don't know I like don't it know. takes a lot of work to make a campfire <laughs> and then yeah. as soon as somebody shows up you're like all right well bye I mean, to be fair, if I were a teacher and one of my students showed up in the middle of the night, I'd be like, mm, I'm going to go. I'm Bye. leaving. Yeah, I don't care to see you. I'm ever. not at school, <laughs> so I don't have to talk to you. Yeah. So I'm going to just bye-bye. Uh, yeah. So he's leaving. Uh, Jake starts to tell him about the tiger in the classroom. And Perkins is like, no, don't tell me that. I don't want to just know right just in case <laughs> yeah just in case like but i have fine. a vivid imagination yeah uh he said something about like how are we gonna contact you and like oh i'll find you it's fine very cryptic they shake hands and perkins is like never give up and you'll be glad that you freed me or some shit i don't know he leaves oh yeah he says something super weird like you're gonna be so pumped that you freed me I'll be back. He, yeah. I I don't understand any of this. Like, it's supposed to be kind of cryptic, I guess. But, like, I just it just comes off as very confusing. Yeah. And I think, well, first of all, uh, I'm just going to lay down a wager right now. That man never comes back. I, yeah, I had the exact same thought. <laughs> but, like, I feel like this was supposed to be, like, a snappy exchange of, like, that neither of them are admitting out loud the truth, but, like, the implication is there. But it wasn't filmed in a way that was jointed enough to, like, for that yeah. to come across. Yeah. It was super weird. Yeah, it was. I didn't care for it. Um, yeah. But luckily, it's almost over. Yeah. Uh, Perkins leaves, and Jake stands next to the fire and monologues about how they risked a lot by saving Perkins, but it was worth it, and they'll free one person at a time if they have to. And that's the end of the episode. Jesus Christ. And when this episode ended, I was like, wait, that's... that's what we're ending on? That's it? Like, yep. I was so confused. I was like, oh. Okay. Yeah. Well then. Well then. Gotta fucking die. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I still don't know whether or not I liked that episode. I'm gonna aim with I did not care for it. <laughs> I don't think I cared for it, but, like, I don't have strong enough 
negative feelings towards it to say I didn't like it. Like, it was, I don't care. <laughs> but we've ranted about the girl for, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, okay. I hated that fucking part of it, but, like, I felt yeah. like that was maybe not pertaining strictly to the episode. Sure. Yeah, it, it spiraled off on its own sort of thing. Yeah, that was kind of its own tangent. I just, the episode itself, I just don't care. Yeah. If I had never was... seen this episode, nothing in my life would have changed. Yeah, it it's... It's not as bad as the Rachel loses her memory and gets lost in the woods episode, Ugh. but it's kind of in the same vein of, like, this didn't really do anything. Yeah, there was no reason to have this episode. Yeah. There was no reason for any of this. Yeah. Ugh. <sighs> All right, let's, uh, let's rank characters. Fuck it. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Jake. Oh, they fucked him up. They did him they real dirty. Him so bad. Oh, my God. Sean was... Perfect and amazing and wonderful. Of I love course. him. But Sean gets a five. Jake does not get a five. <laughs> Jake gets fuck all from me. <laughs> Jake, you can have a zero from me because as far as I'm concerned, it wasn't even the real Jake. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was someone's bad interpretation of Jake. Yeah. I don't <sighs> know who the writer was on this episode, but they... I don't know if there was a writer on this episode. I think they just, <laughs> they just winged it. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah yeah so five for sean zero for jake uh what about rachel honestly i didn't love rachel in this episode either i didn't either okay okay i didn't think she and like she had what three lines so like yeah it was it's kind of hard but like I don't know. One of them was chastising well, Marco because they could have been a cricket. Well, well, okay. And here's the other thing is that I remember in the episode where their teacher went crazy and, and Jake was like, Oh my God, like, like this is the York suffering and this is great. And he's going to be free yeah. and stuff. And they saw like those controllers taking him away. And I think it was Rachel who like didn't say anything and Axe was like, Oh yeah, Rachel understands, like she has the true mind of a warrior. She understands yeah. that yeah, the yeah, Yerks yeah. aren't gonna let this fly. And she was like not like that in this episode. She was like, Oh yay, Tom is free, this is great. So I think that's part of the reason why I didn't like how she was written. Yeah. Yeah, that second of the third line didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like how she was written at all. I didn't think she yeah. was like Rachel at all. I didn't like I Brooke did great, but yeah. Brooke did great. Rachel was not my favorite. So fives for me on both fronts because, you know, it's Rachel. So you didn't like Rachel, but she still gets a five. She gets a five. I didn't like it, but she gets a five for me because she's Rachel. (laughs) Our podcast, our rules. (laughs) That's right. Outback Steakhouse. Uh, I guess Tobias. Did he even have he a had line, a, or was it just He a had a couple of lines. I brushed over them, though, because they didn't fucking matter. They were just kind of like, yeah, we're going to watch over Tom, or, oh, it only takes a couple days, a couple more days to starve out the Yurk, and stuff like that. Like, I just... Ca- so they just, like, recycled sound bites from Christopher I, to save money? I, I don't know. Like, they just weren't important lines. Like, the hawk was really cute. Well, yeah, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> it's a cute baby bird. Um, but that only gets you so far. Yeah. He didn't scream quite as much as he normally does. It's five f- 
for, I guess. He didn't do much, but sure. he didn't offend me horribly. Yeah, sure, fives. Because I don't care anymore. Uh, What about Nadia slash Cassie? Who had probably even less lines than Rachel. Yeah, I was like, wait a second, was she even in this episode? But I remember seeing her in the barn. Yeah, she was in the barn, and like, that's it. Like, she didn't join in the final battle she didn't she wasn't even in the uh the first classroom scene so yeah she wasn't even part of that class yeah so she got like super shafted in this episode yeah nadia was not there barely actually very aptly named nada uh, <laughs> oh no nada. <laughs> uh, i'm giving her five fuck it great yeah. job being in the barn yeah good job you said like one thing and i think it was agreeing with you Axe, said so Maybe something. I don't even remember you talking, but five stars for you. (sighs) Fucking Nadia killing it. Uh, Boris slash (laughs) Marco. Obviously great. The only one who had any fucking sense. Not the only one, but definitely like Jake's keeper in this fucking episode. Oh, okay. So I totally brushed over this because I was focused, of course, on Boris's forearm being so muscular. (laughs) But, like, there was this really isolated sound clip when that sweaty uh, Ann Perkins was running through the hallway. Uh-huh. And, like, he brushed through some students. And there was this really, like, close-up on Marco's face, but really isolated sound clip in the background of this female student going, that's just, like, so rude. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, I heard that, too. And I was just like, what is the point like who did this (laughs) it cracked me up yeah she was so fronted that's like just so rude i'm like he's got like sweat just pouring through his shirt right he looks like fucking shit shit. (laughs) she was like yeah but still that's no excuse to let your manners slip yeah that's probably that same girl that ran into tobias and knocked his books on the ground (laughs) Uh, In which case, I have no sympathy for her. She's mean to Tobias. She is mean to Tobias. But anyways, Boris did great. Five. Yeah. Marco did was, great. Five. He was yeah. fantastic. I loved him. Yeah. I did too. I like that he kept laughing in the classroom and everybody else was like, oh, he hit a cricket. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, He's like let's... the only one who was like really in character. I felt yeah. Like. He was, again, he is the only one super in character. Yeah. Um. Okay, Axe Paolo. I mean, I just, you know, I'll never not love him. Yeah. He was the only fucking realistic person when they were trying to figure out what to do with Tom. He was like, like, he's telling you things that you don't necessarily want to hear, but you need to hear. I agree. And I think he did great. I do too. He just, he's just got such big blue eyes. (laughs) <laughs> big blue blue eyes <laughs> do you wear wigs have dead. you worn wigs will you wear wigs <laughs> when will you wear wigs have you kicked balls <laughs> <laughs> the dolphin is dead died in a car accident <laughs> like honestly of the three Easter egg Lord of the Rings bits. Like, that is the one that is I care about the most. Yeah, that is that is the bit. That's oh, it. God. That's everything. <laughs> Dolphin, he is dead. <laughs> I just, and like, Elijah Wood, too, just being like, 
this has to be fake. And when he's like, the dolphin, he is dead. And Elijah's like, oh, no. And then it's like, he died in car accident. And then like that beat of dead silence before Elijah just goes, ha, ha. Like, <laughs> it's just great. Oh, it's so wonderful. It's like my favorite thing. Oh, well, I'm glad we could talk about a Lord of the Rings <laughs> Easter good. egg clip here. Oh, my God. I need something. I need a chaser. This podcast has gone all over the place. <laughs> it really has. Oh this God. has been a fucking journey. <sighs> uh, should we wrap it? I guess. Our own there and back again. <laughs> <laughs> An Animorphs Tale by Casey and Alex. Perfect. I love it. Okay. <laughs> well, shit. If you want to email us some random thing anything at all truly just send that to anonymous animals at gmail.com i mean whatever (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) uh uh, fuck uh if you want to go on to facebook and find us we're on facebook at animals anonymous or our super secret super awesome subgroup the andalite bandalite so just facebook.com slash group slash animals anonymous uh come talk to us in there we talk back because we're cool. Most of the time, anyways, we talk back. Sometimes there's too much activity. It's very confusing. It doesn't matter. Find me on Twitter at Animorphs Anon. Find me on Insta Slam at Animorphs Anonymous. And those are all the places that you can talk to me. Oh, except for the Discord oh, right. server where we also inhabit quite frequently. Um, and we talk to other Animorphs fans. And we share pictures of our pets. And and we talk about yes. X-Men, as aforementioned. And yes. it's a good time. And if you want the link to that Discord server, you can hit us up on any of our socials that we mentioned, and we'll get you the link. And you can come play with us. Play with us! Play in the space with us. Yep. And sometimes we'll randomly drop that Discord link into the Facebook group just for fun to see who is paying attention to us, and we'll come in within 24 hours. Hell That's yeah. That's my jam. All right. Uh, what if I'm fucking sick of talking to people and just want to read by myself? <laughs> Well, listen, there's a lot of web comics out there, like a lot of web comics. And like, yeah, I'm but there's sure... one that's better than all the rest. Yeah. Like most of them are probably pretty good, but there's one that I think you should read and it's mine. The one that I make and draw and it's called B-Side You and you can go read that for free at B-S-I-D-E-Y-O-U comic.com. Or if you really like it and you want to, like, help support me making more pages in the future, you can head on over to my Patreon. And if you if you Patron me, you, <laughs> you can get access to early pages and work in progresses and other things. And uh, you can check that out at patreon.com slash kcdstudios. And I'm going to highly recommend that you become a patron because, like, honestly, look what I just put Casey through. And, like, how are we going to pay for her therapy if you don't support her? <laughs> like, I just tortured her for two hours. And you guys just sat by and watched. And <laughs> now we need to send her to someone who can fix all of this. Help me. <laughs> just help, help me her, please. <laughs> That's right. Woo. I've gone from explaining all the good reasons why you should support you to just like trying to guilt them into it now. Oh, man. 
okay, but what if I don't want to support Casey, but I do want to support Alex and all the things that she does, and by one of those ways, I can check out another podcast that she is on. What do I do? Oh, well, great news. I have a solution for you, and it's from Cadmus to Crisis. This is a Superboy podcast. It's just from Cadmus to Crisis. We just like to add the SSS for fun. Uh, <laughs> it is a podcast about Superboy from the 90s. 90s? Not the reboot from the 2000s, the one from the 90s. We hate that shit. The we 90s were the- great. <laughs> we want to go back to the 90s when things were good um yeah uh we just did an episode where king shark was back he's a pretty cool <gasps> villain yeah is that the one you know, I, I there, know there was like a meme going around where where there was like a cartoon there was like a batman cartoon and there was a guy who was like oh no it's my ex and she's like oh you dated poison ivy and he's like no my other ex and, and the camera points to king shark or the, like the shark guy and then it was like, oh my god, it's bisexual. Am I, I is that the wrong thing? I haven't seen the meme, but if it was King Shark, then yes. Oh man, I'll send it to you. Okay, Confirm send it to me. Confirm for me. Okay, I will. I'm gonna go with that. Okay, okay, so read Superboy where King Shark is bisexual. I mean, they didn't explicitly <laughs> state that in Superboy, but his only function in the comic book that we just read was to fight with Superboy in the water while two women talked about Superboy... One of them was a lady that was interviewing Superboy's ex-girlfriend, and turns out she might be a bad guy. There's no way to know. Tune in next week. Yeah! So that's my pitch for why to listen to Superboy. It also has David and Drew, who did our Alternomorphs episode like a year and a bit ago, and Drew, who did our Megamorphs in the Time of the Dinosaurs episode. So if you liked them, they're... They started that podcast. They've been doing that podcast, and they're there every day, every week, every month, every year, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Harley Quinn, King Shark. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Do you just keep Googling bisexual shark? There's going to be, like, nasty porn up in here. I don't think I don't think King Shark was quite that popular, so I don't know if they're... I just, I don't know. He was a shark man. He was a shark man. Do you want to hear a really sad superhero, supervillain tale while we're here? Sure. So there's this Superboy villain called Sidearm, who I did not know about, but we, but somebody in the Superboy Discord brought it up the other day. That's right, Superboy has a Discord. That's right, guys. Whoa. I'm not I'm not exclusive. Uh, <laughs> so we were in the Superboy Discord the other day, and somebody's like, they should bring Sidearm back. It's time for Superboy to have, like, a good villain again. And I looked up Sidearm because I I am not super into, like, the DC-verse, so I didn't know who it was. And it's this, like, super villain that it's like, Sidearm is a terrible villain. There's no evidence he's ever actually committed a crime, and no one knows why he's here. Like, it was the saddest explanation ever that just, like, Google brought up. So I, like screenshotted it and sent it to the guy and i was like was sidearm a good villain and he's like he's probably committed a crime and then i'm like (laughs) what crime and he's like in my head i'd like to think he stole candy from a baby and like i then we started arguing like if stealing candy from a baby was actually a crime and we landed on if you took something from a baby it would count as assault and therefore be a crime and therefore sidearm has potentially committed a crime 
it was like this whole journey that we went on together. And I think, I don't even think David and Drew were in there at that point. It was just me and, and Tom going off about this. And we were like, well, that's settled. Now what do we do? <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, that's a really sad Superboy villain. Okay. I have an update though. Okay. All right, so the guy in question was John Constantine. Again, I don't DC, so I don't know any of this. And it was like, King Shark. Okay. Yes, and they had had a relationship and are now exes. According I know to who, who Constantine is. According okay. to Justice League Apocalypse War, which is the uh, cartoon, a, a cartoon series. Okay. So yeah, we got there in the end. We did it. Yay! Now I can sleep easy. Well, that's a as good a note as any to end this particular episode <laughs> on. <laughs> Bisexual shark. Bisexual shark. Like women and men and multiple genders. Because he's a shark and he doesn't know what he's attracted to. Because he's attracted a shark. Attracted to things. To warmer he's genders. A, he's attracted to blood and everyone has blood. So he's <laughs> attracted to everyone. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right, let us get the fuck out of here. Okay, please, release me. Release me. Episode 17, the release. Let's release. Bye. Bye.